0: Well, Well
1: well, well. Welcome my friends, to this fine radio program and podcast type thingy. Uh, it's called Smoking and Toasting. Uh, we're here for show number one hundred and three, and we're brought to you by the fine folks at B and B Butchers and Restaurant at eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Smoking and Toasting is all about craft beer, uh, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. My name is Cruz, my co host, the lovely and talented Ian Barry. Have, have I, I, I like ever, being referred to as lovely. And have talented. Have I ever referred to you that way before? <laughs> no, but I feel special. I, now. Thank I, you. I think, and you, and you, you know, you look special today too. Thank so, you. I it's, uh, I made my socks match my shirt it's, it's good to be here, we have so much to talk about today uh, And we are just, uh, I mean, we're so fortunate to have the guys from Platypus Brewing in the studio today Both Brandon and, uh, I'm told it's correctly pronounced, Sean Yes, very yeah, good. Yeah, so very so articulate. I'm, yeah, sure. I'm, so I'm very excited about not that. Not Sean, not Sean. <laughs> we say Sean here in Texas. Sean. <laughs> um, so uh, these guys have uh, uh, have brought in some brews from Platypus Brewing. Uh, both Ian and I have been there before, so we'll talk a lot about that in the coming segments, and we'll uh, sample some of their brews. And uh, I really love uh, having. Um, uh, a representation for a place like platypus because it is all about that experience of going there and sampling the beers and it's a really fun place to go so uh so i like that we are gonna be talking about that uh we have <laughs> a peanut butter whiskey on the show today <laughs> uh and i'll this explain was a more surprise. about it. this yeah. Was a surprise yeah because you brought in some whiskey and then i looked at it and go and you've been you have been kind of hitting that one, I, I, I think. Uh, there's, not, <laughs> there's maybe more people left we're, in the room. We're going to we polish off that
0: bottle. Yeah, so we may. Well, have, the nice thing about it is we'll we can say, hey, time. we knocked out a whole bottle of whiskey. Yes, that's right. The so downside is it's not a whole bottle of whiskey. So, Katie Whiteside, who is the
1: wife of our um, uh, tech director, John Whiteside, and who also handles uh, bookkeeping and financial stuff for the company for another uh, month, and then she's actually leaving to go work for NASA. Um, Katie uh, had a friend in, I believe, high school. I don't think it was even college, but I believe it was high school, that has gone on to form his own distillery and has just released a peanut butter whiskey. And so she brought me a bottle of it. Have, haven't even cracked the seal on it's it. So. Never heard of it.
0: Never heard of it. It's, gonna be, <laughs> it's
1: called Screwball. Screwball awesome. uh, whiskey, and so we're looking forward to that. I don't. It's going to be an experience. That's all I can tell <laughs> you. And and you guys, uh, Brandon and Sean from Platypus, if you don't mind tasting a little whiskey with us today. Oh, we would absolutely. Be, we would be honored to get your
2: feedback. Well, we'll give it a right, roll crack. <laughs> All right, that sounds good. <laughs> I love having
1: Australians on the show. It's the best. Uh, are you you from Australia, not New Zealand, right? Uh, that's right. Really, I'm the big brother. That's you're girl. the big brother. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's good. Well, uh, well, we, you're not the first Australian we've had on the show, but it's it's nice to get back. We had it's been a while, so we're very we're very uh, honored to have you on. Um, you. It is a. Uh, it's a crazy busy week. We have Labor Day weekend coming up here, uh, and that means extra drinking. And so we we want to get to sampling some things and making some suggestions for you uh, before the weekend gets here. Now, prior to the Labor Day weekend, Ian, did you smoke anything interesting this week? Hell yes. Oh, oh I, love, <laughs> I love when you come to play. That is so good. So, so tell me, tell me. What so uh,
0: it, it was an interesting cigar. I actually got it a few weeks back at... Um, casa de monte cristo i was over and mm-hmm. brian uh uh turned me on brian to, Nguyen, our buddy. yeah he's so awesome and he turned me on to a cigar he goes you gotta try this this is kind of a new thing because i always ask hey what's new right so he turns me on a cigar called a pepper box it's made pepper by Placencia.
1: well that's an interesting title right off right the bat.
0: it's a pepper box and i will have to actually post this picture uh in, in just a little bit mm-hmm. when it when it comes up because the pepper box is four by roughly 60 box press okay
1: okay so that's why it's the pepper box
0: Yes, however, it's incredibly interesting because this four by60 is made up of four four by 32 roughly cigars.
1: Okay, wait a second. It's four separate
0: cigars? No, it's four cigars that are all rolled together. Okay,
1: so there's four cigars inside the wrapper.
0: Yes. That's what you're oh. It's so bizarre. Who came up with this idea?
1: (laughs) That was a board roller, is what that was. was Somebody somebody who's like, look at what I can do. So yeah,
0: it's four. It's four smaller cigars, and they're um, and they're packaged together. And, Of course, it makes a square when you put them all together and wrap them, so it looks like a square, you know, box press. Um, And and he said it's very unique, and it is. This was uh, so like just on the nose. The pre-light sniff on this was very. Earthy, a little bit of hay, like some mm-hmm. light uh, flavors. It's, it's kind of a, it's a really cool looking cigar. First off, mm-hmm. um, but uh, uh, the the pre light sniff was wonderful. It had very cigar like smell, you know, mm-hmm. in the most classic, awesome way, uh, with earth and and hay and like that, that kind of thing. The uh, the the initial light on this was awesome because this cigar hits the sweet spot like the minute you light it.
1: Is that because there's four separate cigars inside? No
0: idea what the science <laughs> is on this one. Uh, and, and I was going to ask you, do you know, are the four cigars
1: different in characteristic or are they designed to be... Four things delivering the
0: same. I, you know, but, I think it's separate. four identical cigars. Wow. That's just and they're packed together, so it smokes like one. And it well, okay, like, so it
1: sounds like a marketing
0: thing. So let me let me back up from my right. So let me back up from my uh, from my initial light because it was wonderful. But so I usually I default to a punch, right? Right. But that may not work here, will it? <laughs> so I looked <laughs> oh, at the back of the cigar and I had my punch in my hand. I was like, I don't think that's going to work. So of course, yes. I, I got out my uh, cutter and cut the end. Yes. And, uh, and lit this cigar. The, the draw on it was near effortless. Um, so I thought, okay, well, this cigar and that's might...
1: interesting, because, yeah.
0: Yeah, this cigar might smoke a little fast, okay? And it wasn't a really long-smoking cigar. Of course, it was only four inches long anyway. So it wasn't, you know, like mm-hmm. a Churchill. Um, more like a nub size, you know? Right. Um uh but you know the initial light, I mean it had this super fresh hay kind of uh, flavor to it. It had pepper, but not pepper like it's called pepper box, you'd assume mm-hmm. oh, it's like that. it's mm-hmm. actually uh named not because it's peppery. it's named after an old a gun that had um oh gun barrels the wrapped box. around yeah. a center axis oh, that would, okay uh, yeah, that it makes was called sense. A pepper box anyway um so if you look at the end of it, it looks like that. you can see the four distinct cigars on the uh, on the end of it.
1: Can you still see them? Like once it's burning, can you still tell that? it's Yes, I
0: took pictures of that, and again, I'll post these up like okay. uh, really quickly. I'll send them over to Adam in a minute. Uh, but um, so anyway, it, it, man, it hit the sweet spot at the initial like light. light pepper flavor all the way around the tongue, the the fresh hay, the classic cigar notes. Um, Little bit of uh little bit of espresso kind of thing going on, but just in the background. This cigar smoked beautifully from the beginning to the end. I may have tended one corner of it once, wow. if my memory's correct, because this was a, a few nights ago and maybe a couple whiskeys, maybe some mm. of this bookers <laughs> ago. <laughs> I was gonna say it's where the bookers <laughs> <laughs> So the first third of the cigar, delicious. All these notes uh, came into play and they stayed there. The second third of this cigar, more of the same but just like, absolutely, like, it's it's a very one-trick pony. It does one thing, and it's amazing. It's not a whole ride, but it's mm-hmm. really good. Awesome. Uh, and all the way down until I smoked it down to the nub, uh, which, again, I post, I'll post i post pictures of all that, uh, me enjoying the cigar on top of that. So, uh, I, man, yeah, you price to the quality up. on this thing. So, um, I can't remember exactly what I paid for this thing, but I'm, I'm trying to think it was in the 10 to $12 mark, okay? Okay. Um, it was such a fun cigar that I'm going to go ahead and give it a six and a half- Right wow. off the bat, now just
1: because it's different, it's just, unique.
0: Yeah, it's different. It was unique. And it, it was, was fun. You yeah. know, like just talking about it is fun. And for those of you who don't know the price to quality index, what we do is we have a scale of one to ten. Five, you get exactly what you pay for. Five is yeah, boom. Yeah, right we try to be fair with this because some cigars are twenty dollars. Some cigars are you know three.
1: Right, you might have a three dollar cigar. That scores a, a seven, that means and a twenty
0: dollars cigar
1: that scores a four. It just means that right. one was one exceeded the uh, the amount that you paid for right. it in expectation, and one maybe was good but didn't quite live up to the twenty dollars.
0: Right. Yeah. So if this was a twelve dollars cigar, I'm going to go ahead and give it a six because six to six and a half because I enjoyed it so much. So you, the so what cigar What that means was so is unique. you would have
1: paid fifteen or sixteen and been not been unhappy. Right? By the
0: time I smoked it, I would have been right. very happy with it, and right. I'm actually going to go buy and get a couple more. That's oh, how that much I enjoyed it um, we
1: should have a uh, a pepper box smoking uh, uh party you yeah know I mean? <laughs> it you was know? so fun and just, it, it, went, it sounds like a, and a it went
0: great with beer i was having uh with it i was having the bearded fox uh caught pecan porter that they uh put out recently mm-hmm. which a uh, bearded fox is from up in tomball texas here it's mm-hmm. a local one and i think it's just the only beer i've had from them but i've seen the name around uh which was also quite good went with it well that's, so that's how about
1: awesome. you? Uh, I smoked a really interesting one. You know, I've gone, uh, I've gone budget the last couple of, of shows, <laughs> right, right. And I decided, decided it was time to uh, to at least attempt to reward myself a little. Not not a super expensive, but I uh, I'll smoke an El Cheapo for you guys next week. Uh, this this week <laughs> I went uh, and actually got something that I had not seen before. I bought it in the walk in humidor at Specs uh, Smith Street downtown. Huh? Uh, it's the La Galera. 1936 box pressed Churchill and I just seen it s- hadn't s- tried it. Want to start out by saying it's one of the best looking cigars that I've smoked in a long time. It had this dark chocolate wrapper that almost looked edible yeah, you know, nice. you know you you almost wanted to eat it instead of uh, instead of smoke it but uh, vastly uh, different results if you chocolate that, bound, yeah chocolate <laughs> brown smooth absolutely beautiful uh, la galera is a part of Indian head cigars uh, and the phrase la Galera means rollers room in Spanish uh, or the gallery is is sort of how it loosely translates uh, in English and uh, Ho- Jose uh, Hochi the Lagalera uh, box press is named for his. Tabacalera Palma family uh, Which was started in 1936 So that's why the uh, uh, the 1936 designation is there That's when they uh, opened their doors And they do brands like Aging Room And mm-hmm. uh, uh, La Flor Dominicana And uh, and so on So this cigar was made in the Dominican Republic With an Ecuador and uh, Habana wrapper And a Dominican binders and Dominican Criollo fillers The pre-light was loads of earth A little bit of caramel kind of sneaking around in there And then once it was lit Some very pleasant but very light sweetness to it not enough that you that it gave it like a sweet flavor but just a touch that sort of kept any sort of bitterness or, mm-hmm. or uh, sort of harshness at bay you know uh, and uh, the, of course earthiness and a little bit of espresso as it smoked, What I liked most about this cigar is it had very nice complexity for a Dominican. Um, It makes me realize I should smoke more from the Dominican Republic because you kind of get, you know, uh, like a lot of people, when I first started smoking cigars, I smoked a lot of cigars from the DR. As I got into Nicaragua and uh, Ecuador, those kind of became my favorite. And I don't go back and smoke as many Dominican Republic cigars as I used to. And this is evidence to me that They've been doing some good things in the Dominican Republic Because <laughs> right? it was a really, really, absolutely perfect Construction, by the way Burned straight, drew perfectly Did not have to relight or tend it one Single time during the whole smoke And that is usually at least once You know, for right. me Maybe just I don't even need to, but I do with this one. It was it was such a great, uh, perfect uh, smoke and construction. Well, when but you smoke on your I patio, you have a little down. bit of a windy environment, and so that, that, I can and see that being... That, yeah, that can affect it as well. I, uh, uh, this one's about an $8 cigar, so price to quality, I'm going to give it a 5.5 to a 6. Nice. Uh, meaning that I would have you know been happy had I paid you know a buck or two more for it, uh, but uh, I thought it was very good. I've not seen this cigar around a lot of places. Uh, but definitely it's one that's worth uh, seeking out. And like I said, I bought it uh, in the Spex Humidor downtown Houston. So if you're, if you're looking, you can find them there if you're in the greater Houston area.
0: I have a buddy of mine that uh, texted me. A couple of weeks ago, uh, and he's from the Dominican, and he uh, he texts me he goes, "Hey, I got a buddy of mine coming into town, and uh, we want to go mountain biking. Do you have an extra mountain bike? Well, of course I do. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Actually, he he was he was saying, "Hey, do you know anywhere we can rent one?" I was like, "Man, I'll loan you one. That's not a problem." So I loan him a mountain bike, and uh, and I get it back, and uh, and they were so grateful and so happy. And he comes back. Uh, I ran into him this this past week. I ran into him, and he goes, "Hey, I brought you some cigars." Oh, <laughs> dude! So, so I got a Fonseca and a, and a couple others in there, the Florida Dominican. And a see, few this others. is why—like, how is classy is, why, is that? Yeah,
1: but to see, this is why doing good <laughs> deeds is a positive. <laughs> That's thing right. Because it comes back to you, right? That's right. I, I firmly believe that. So, okay. yeah, I only loaned him
0: one bike. He gave me three cigars. All
1: right. Speaking of good deeds, <laughs> uh, we did a show you and I at the uh, at, at the sponsor location at B and B Butchers um, several months ago, mm-hmm. and. And uh, had a great show, had a good time, and you said to me, do you like smoking a cigar? I said, I sure do. And we walked over to Platypus Brewing, uh, which is right across the parking lot mm-hmm. uh, from the B&B uh, down on Washington Ave in Houston. Uh, sat outside. It was before the summer got like, super, mm-hmm. super hot. Uh-huh. It was pleasant. You, uh, Your wife was there. Uh, and I we sat, smoked cigars, drank platypus beer, and had just a wonderful time, and that was my introduction uh, to platypus brewing, so I'm really excited to have the platypus guys in the studio we're going to sample some beers and talk about why the hell they decided to call their brewery platypus, uh, (laughs) when we come back, it's Smoking and Toasting, this is the uh, radio show that's all about uh, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, and by the way um, Founders is leading a trend to drop Craft beer prices. So we'll tell you about that coming up. Get, I love that. Get the uh, get the panel to weigh in. You are listening to Smoking and Toasting. You
2: guys are great. Keep going with you. What you're doing? Yeah, <laughs> perfect. We're gonna keep the show going the same way. Yeah, yeah. as long as you know, I'm earning the appearance. Next the show. Show. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll just pass it over.
0: Welcome back, my friends.
1: It's Smoking in Tustin. This is the radio program that is all about craft beer and fine spirits and hand rolled cigars. It's uh, show number 103. Uh, we're putting this together on the 30th of August, so we're just about to get into uh, uh, Oktoberfest time. We will be tasting a number of Oktoberfests on the show uh, between now and, you know, the time to start tasting Christmas beers. So, Did
0: I mention I'm already trying to drink out the supply of yes, the uh, of the Arno, Arno, Yes, Oktoberfest, yes, so I know. Uh,
1: it, it is funny because every time I, I uh, see another Oktoberfest and I go, oh, I should grab that for the show, I go... Or I could just get a St. Arnold Lectoverfest <laughs> for me. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, yeah, because they are really, really good. Uh, we are brought to you by b Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave. in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. By the way, b b will be the location. B&B on Washington Ave. in Houston will be the location for the whiskey sniff and tickets are going on sale soon we got to tell you about this This is going to be like the greatest event ever uh and we're so psyched about it uh but it's going to be one of those evenings of uh smoking cigars sniffing whiskey drinking whiskey and jeremiah butler our buddy from b&b has now gone on record with me and made me a promise there will be bacon at this event <laughs> so, He's so excited About yes, it too yes, I love seeing awesome. him get excited It's awesome So <laughs> so we're looking forward to that Pleased to have uh, the guys from uh, Platypus Brewing Brandon and, and Sean uh, In the studio today sure. uh, Guys, uh, welcome And um, I have to say I've always been a little uh, I-, I geek out a little over the platypus—it's always been my favorite animal because it was so freaking weird. It is a an bizarre and animal, even, and even, poisonous. Yes, yes. Yeah, even. <laughs> but even just as a kid, I thought this is either like this is either a design. Uh, this is either what happens when evolution <laughs> paints itself into a corner. or... Or God just had a weird, weird day. There's a, there's you a, know? One there's of the a two, Tom Waits on
0: what you lyric that says, "Don't you know there ain't no devil? That's just God when he's drunk." <laughs>
1: that's that's <laughs> sort of what that's sort of what the platypus feels like. But uh, so I, I love that you named your brewery Platypus Brewing. But I'm a little curious as to why are you were you like like me uh, fascinated by the platypus.
2: Oh, look, without a doubt, it's uh, an indigenous uh, animal to Australia, of course. Right, this
1: is an Australia area of the world uh, animal. You don't find it uh, other than in zoos and stuff. You don't find it other places, right?
2: That's right, and I think actually uh, the poor little buggers are uh, endangered now, so uh, (laughs) you won't even find them outside Australia in zoos. Well, you know, I'm
1: I'm not surprised. You know, they, they can't have, like, normal reproductive habits because they have, like, the parts of all these different... You know, species of animals Sort of glued together on one This is when we thing. need
2: Glenn Fittick, Dave To come on and talk to us About this animal <laughs> Yes <laughs> Yeah, look, look it's it, it is all over the place And uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's sort it's of A good of representation and, Yeah, yeah. he lays eggs but yet He's a marsupial He's a mammal uh, I mean, how, how does that happen? Right? I've seen a lot
3: of Internet jokes Where they call him Puppy ducks Puppy ducks, yeah Because <laughs> it's kind of What they look like,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah So the most important question I'm going to ask you today is not even about the beer. It's something I have been wondering about for a long time, and hopefully you can clear this up. Is the plural for platypus? Is it platypi?
2: It's actually not. Uh, okay. The if you you know go to the the dictionary, the Oxford, uh, it would be called platypuses. Platypuses is platypuses. how you would say. Would there be a gaggle one? of them? <laughs> There'd be a gaggle of platypuses. I, I, I would. I actually don't know the collective now, and I just hope it's not a murder of platypuses. <laughs> so Cause, far, cause that'd I be think, quite sinister. Yeah, wouldn't so it? far, <laughs> only crows
1: seem to seem to fall into the murder. Right? <laughs> right. There, aren't, there isn't any other grouping. Them, but you're right. If it was a murder of platypus, I'd be frightened. <laughs> yes, me
2: too. Um, yeah, um, the cheeky little buggers have got that spur that we spoke about, and they're um, cheeky little buggers. See, that, <laughs> right. I love
1: that. You should do a beer called Cheeky Little bugger Oh, we've we got a, we've got a couple, haven't we? Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, up the so, tell me about the history of uh, Platypus Brewing. Uh, when was it formed, and and what what caused you guys to be part of opening a brewery?
2: Yeah, great, good question. Uh, so, 2016, we opened the doors uh, here in Houston it was uh, an idea of uh, initially my wife and i uh, back in australia when we were there and just you know back in 2012 we, we we just had this idea we really wanted to to you know have a go at this craft brewing and not just have a, not in your shed, in your backyard when you're doing the home brewing stuff. Have you done that? I have. Yeah. Uh, I have, uh, you know, on that sort of scale. But it was to, to bring something, we had an idea and we just wanted to bring it to to the front. Is craft brewing a thing in Australia now, the way it is in the US? Very much so. Uh, it's really accelerated since about 2012. Uh, mm. I mean, it's it's been present in Australia mm-hmm. for a number of years, you know, 20 plus years. Uh, but y- you go over there now; there would. It's 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 really uh, it's really it's come ahead. I mean, That's remember, great. we're a country of twenty five million people too, mm-hmm. so we have to, in a very large uh, geographical spread. But uh, but e- every major major city in, in the country has a, has an incredible uh, uh, network and an incredible uh, craft brew scene.
1: So uh, I couldn't imagine two places with a more different disparately different accent than Australia and Texas. So you wound up you wound up in your your mirror universe uh, so to speak uh, and decided to open a uh, a brewery. That's that's just such an interesting like idea because you said 2012, right?
2: 2012 we were back in Oz. Look, uh, you know, my wife is actually from uh, she's a local Houstonian, okay, so right. there's the so connection. There yep. uh, so when we say brew with Texan heart and Australian soul, it truly is. We, we awesome. have both uh, both local and, and Aussie. Uh, I originally was an expat in the oil and gas game uh, mm-hmm. back here in the late 90s and 2000s. Uh, my wife and I went back to Australia for a number of years. And then, you know, for family reasons, we decided to move back uh, to, to good old Houston. And so here we were at the beginning of 2015 where the oil and gas industry was just fantastic, right? Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, short yeah. memories, yeah. long memories, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's right, yes. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we just both looked at each other and we said, we're, we're back in the US, we see a, a wonderful opportunity in Houston in terms of craft brewing, we have this business plan, we have this passion and vision. I mean, do we ignore that and in 20 years' time go, oh, coulda, shoulda, didn't, or do we just get after it? So and here did, we are.
1: did you approach it more from being a brewing Fan, or did you approach it more from being a fan of just the idea of craft beer, and went and found a brewer, like a, a brewmaster? Uh,
2: so a bit of both. We do have a uh, professional brewer, Kerry, from California. But our vision, you know, back in Australia when we're going to, to brew this uh, to to have this business, it was it's it's the brewing. It was the pairing with the food. It was the whole experience. Mm-hmm. So it's the whole brew pub experience. Obviously, I I have a vision to go broader than that in terms of the brewing aspect of it. Uh, but to get a professional brewer uh, for me was, was essential. Yes, I understand the science of brewing. Yes, I can brew a beer. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult step to go from home brew to commercial brew mm-hmm. uh, and get it right straight away. Right. And,
1: and it's one thing to be the coach. It's another to be the quarterback.
2: Absolutely. Good way to, good way to maybe and, look at it. Yeah, You know, we've got Kerry who's, who's got, you know, a wealth of experience um, through California. Mm-hmm. and um, and has been the head brewer at a very large brewery, you know, very large brewery, and just brings that experience. And, and with brewing, it's, yes, there's the mechanical aspect of the brewing in nature, but it's the, it's the artistic nature. That's where that's where the rubber hits the road for me in terms mm-hmm. of brewing. Coming up with the recipes, the combinations. You guys were talking about your cigars and, and, and the whiskey later on. It, it's very much an art mm-hmm. to, to put this together.
0: I want to point out, so I, uh, I found your brewery, um, when me and my wife were wandering around one day. It's on a rare day where I just didn't have anything else going on. We decided, hey, let's go hit a brewery or two. And uh, we had wandered into a brewery that wasn't far from you guys um, and tried some of the beers. And then when we left there, uh, we were coming back up uh, uh, Washington Avenue, kind of the street behind Washington Avenue and yeah. looked over and went, hey, there's a brewery right here. <laughs> so we pulled in on a whim like not having no, even noticed it before and uh so we pulled in on a whim and uh went in and got two flights and uh it was like the beers were absolute quality uh and then the food is so good mm-hmm. uh, like so that's what brought this whole interruption is your food is outstanding and my wife loves going there like she she'll talk about you know <laughs> the fries, especially <laughs> uh, the uh, yeah. the uh, the uh, uh, Brussels
2: sprouts mm. that you do—that's so mm-hmm. good.
1: Oh yes, I had the Brussels sprouts; mm. very, very good. That,
2: that was always a key part of what Ruchin <clears throat> and <throat> my wife and I wanted to do. We, we bring the beer, and it you know, has to be quality. It just has to be; otherwise, why are we doing this? But for us, uh, and it, it might come back to the Aussie roots, where you know to pair that with just really really good food to me was it was the package deal mm-hmm. um you know i wasn't just going to have a brewery and and then have sort of an ancillary food option room. right to me, yeah. it was a core cool part of of what platypus brewing is all about
1: um you
3: have poured us uh, the first platypus beer that we're going to try what is this that we are uh, tasting here so um this is our fairly seasonal mexican lager ole chit um, it might end up becoming a year. That oh, is awesome, I- by the way. That is just
2: absolutely awesome. <laughs> oh, I cheat, I think I'll have another. <laughs> I, I,
1: I just want to interrupt you and say I applaud what the craft brewing industry as a whole is doing with creative <laughs> beer names, creative <laughs> but you guys may be like on the on the cutting edge of that. I really
3: think so. If you go back five, ten years, really, it was just X Brewery Amber Ale, right? Brewery exactly. IPA, IPA, X Brewery, and style, I think everybody's whatever, yeah. ready to let let's be have fun. some fun with it. Yeah, yes.
1: Well, that that seems to be, and it's something that when you look back at big beer. Big beer is not having fun. No, like, no. Th- not only are they not having fun at where they find themselves in the industry right now, but if you just look at, like, the way they're. The way they're marketed The way the beers are named It's not
0: Apparently if you're living the high life Or at a banquet You're very serious about it <laughs> Yeah Well <laughs> y- You know what I attribute to And what to? really matters Is the color of the can uh,
1: The color of the can Is really important And does it change color Do
0: you color? guys have growlers That change colors <laughs> oh, I'm sure they
2: can We'll just put some certain ingredients In there and <laughs> You know i change whatever color you want I don't you know why That's just one of the funniest
1: not things Not to uh, Not to derail <laughs> the conversation too much But I, I really feel that this is indicative of what happens when companies like, I'm already hearing from your description of you guys, when the love for the product and the passion for doing it comes first yeah. and marketing comes second. In other words, you want to create a product so good that people will buy it. Rather than saying, what are people buying okay, let's make one of those. It's not about, let's build a widget. It's about, this widget is awesome. Yeah. Let's see if we can sell it to people. And that, I think, is why the craft brewing industry as a whole, because I think most craft brewers uh, you know, come at it that way, and I think that's why it's so much more fun because these are people that are already passionate about what they're doing. You know, it's not just okay. Let's do some research and and we'll come back with. Oh, don't do that. That might offend someone. You would never get uh, uh, pronounce it correctly. Olé chit. ole Chit. Olé you chit. would never get that through yeah. the board meeting at <laughs> uh, at a big corporation. Oh, it just sure. it would <laughs> never make it right. But you guys can it's go. It's a beautiful thing. Haha, ha, that's fun. We're doing it, and I love it. And that, that that just the spirit of that. So I also love this beer, by the way. Yeah, this I want to cake- talk talk About Delicious. the beer for a second.
0: Um, so first off, in general, uh, I've had some of the flights over at platypus, so I, and I know a little bit about it. I love how you guys don't crush the flavors of everything with as much hops as you can put in. Thank you. Yep, I like that they're <clears throat> balanced, and that's one of the things that brought me back to your uh brewery. Uh, aside from having a nice, beautiful patio and awesome, uh, and awesome, awesome uh, food, food. Mm-hmm. but this right here has such a nice balance like the hibiscus, and it's like hibiscus and baking spices almost is oh, yeah. is kind of what I'm uh, tasting in there and um and it's malty too like yeah. right up front.
1: Well, I I love that it it is a Mexican it is a Mexican lager, Mexican, Mexican style style, style, Mexican style, style lager, right. lager. Um but it doesn't have that and, I, and it's that's a style I really enjoy, particularly with certain foods. Um, but it doesn't have there's this Mexican style lager aftertaste yeah. that I'm not crazy about. That even some really great craft breweries have that aftertaste in their mexican style uh lager yours instead keeps this really interesting i think you said baking spice uh flavor on my tongue Mm. in the in the finish and i i really really like that because this is to me it's like it's probably more drinkable than most uh mexican style lagers for that reason because it just it just says "Mm, i want another not like i like that at first until the finish
0: oh, you know? i like i like the malty and then there is a bitterness to the end of it but not mm-hmm. in a overwhelming mm-hmm. way now i said baking spices and you you've made that face twice now that it's been said tell me what's going on with this and why am i tasting this and you're kind of not agreeing with that maybe not
2: at all i i beer is a very personal experience and mm-hmm. what i what i really enjoy is um i mean i'm a shocker when it comes to trying to Get all of these different flavors out of out of a beer. It's, it's beer. It tastes good. Um, <laughs> beer tasting beer. Yeah, but what I really beer, enjoy is, is people's perspectives and what they do get out of it. And to me, it's the the face I was making was oh, that's that's really good. It's that's good feedback yeah. for me. Okay, because you know you're you're getting educated on. We're all individuals. We all have different views and, and opinions and and palates. It's a it's a
1: very good and very drinkable. This is beer. very three dimensional, and I'm pretty sure I didn't order this one in the, in the flight when I was
0: there. I will so. almost always avoid a Mexican style lager. Yeah, well, like I, it's. I'm glad you brought this because I generally, if I see it on the board, I'll pick something else. Yep. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, it, it's 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 a style that you just assume is going to be mediocre, macro, mediocre yeah.
1: beer. Yeah. But this is not that, and I think that's what. I was sort of trying to say in a much more wordy fashion, but uh, uh, but this is not this doesn't come across like a macro brew, and in some cases the even at the craft breweries when they've made their Mexican style uh, beer, it's it still kind of feels and tastes like a maybe slightly higher end Tecate. Not to I'm not bashing Tecate; I actually like Tecate, but uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't have that crafty flavor, and this does. This does, in, in a big way.
2: And that was certainly like the, uh, the intent when we put this together, was it has to be drinkable, it has to respect the weather of Houston, so <laughs> for the palate, and... Uh you're right, it was about how do we make this crafty without assaulting the senses on a lager. I love it. I absolutely love
0: and, it. And and even now, like it's warmed up a little in my glass, it tastes mm-hmm. fine. Yes. Like the yep. flavor stands up even when it's not mm-hmm. ice cold.
1: Which is a thing
0: for Mexican-style Which lagers. is very yeah. tough to do with a lot of the Mexican-style lagers. All
1: right, uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back uh, for another uh, beer tasting and uh, more with the guys from Platypus uh, Brewing. Uh, but first I have to ask you, If you're going to launch a new craft beer and you want to name it something that will take the market by storm, what could be better than naming your beer after a failed video rental chain? (laughs) Blockbuster beer is real and it is being sold, about to be sold, at the only remaining Blockbuster video rental store in the United
0: States. If you don't bring the bottles back, they charge you every day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will have the story when we come back at Smoking and Toasting. Thank you for listening to show number
0: 103. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> if pay, a yeah. <laughs> there, were, there were times where I rented videos, I was like, ah, oh, I'm just going to
2: buy it. <laughs> 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 just to it's just <laughs> easier.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Smoking and Toasting. We are show number 103, and we are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant in the shops at Clear Fork. In Fort Worth, and also at 1814, Washington Ave in Houston. And right across the street from 1814, Washington. Same parking lot. Yep, they're going to be opening a brand new, well, no. Oh, no, I uh, thought you were talking about well, them. It, sorry. It's going to be the place to be because you've got Platypus Brewing, you got B&B, and then B&B is opening a brand new uh, hotspot called Lemon which yeah, is going right. to be very exciting. And that's going to be uh, coming up. We'll be telling you more about that. In fact, I kind of suspect that the next show we do from B&B may be from the patio there. So That would be pretty sweet. <clears throat> something yeah, uh, uh,
0: Jeremiah said that was going to be open pretty quick. Huh?
1: Yep, so really excited about that. Now, um, crap brewing has essentially, part of, its, uh, part of its position in the market has been, hey, it's better beer. It might be a little more expensive. But Founders Brewing, who... Again, we've, we have I don't know if we've ever had a Founders on the show And not raved about it uh, Of Hello any founders, style yeah. um, They are no stranger to being disruptive And they did something that Kind of went against the grain a little bit Of the craft industry when they introduced For their all-day IPA The 15-pack of cans was kind of a big deal Because like it was a way to like, save a little money. They got some of that uh, maybe shelf space that would have normally gone to big beer because of having the big uh, box, and it worked really, really well. Now, they are planning to release their um, their new lager, which is uh, the Solid Gold Lager, uh, at a lower retail price than the rest of their craft beer line and the initial response that they're getting has actually been overwhelmingly positive and they they are are kind of adjusting their estimates to think that they will do triple the sales that they thought they would do with this lager have you tried the
0: solid gold i
1: haven't tried the solid gold from founders i've seen it haven't tried it
0: when i was on the river uh last time we had some of that basically at places where craft beer six packs
1: are selling for $8.99 8.99 and 9.99 mm-hmm. this is selling for 6.99 and so that's the that's, that's getting the competitive sort of with the big boys, right? Too. Exactly. It's like okay, so if if I can pay that price for a six pack of Miller Lite, or I can go with the founders. Which way am I going to go? And that's obviously what they're trying to do. I'd be real interested in you guys, and I know we'll, I'm going to ask you at some point if you have plans of, of being available uh, retail because right now you're just at the brewery and carrier, correct. correct. Yes, I believe uh, Sean
0: already alluded to that. Too. Yes. Yes. So <laughs>
1: so I'm hoping we we will talk about that, but first I'd love to know what you guys. think think about this is it is it a good move because it helps craft compete with the with the big boys or is it a bad move because it devalues the impression of the product
2: yeah look my i, I think there's yeah, there's a couple of angles on this thing right so founders obviously uh, don't put a lot of uh time and money and, and resources into market research and who, who's your competitor who's your demographic? Right. Right. who are you who are you appealing to? And most well, they, of the independent craft brewers around the country, you're not necessarily uh, appealing to the person who's only going to pay 4.99 for a six pack. Right? right? So <laughs> they're going to be cut out of your population source. Yeah, you're
1: not appealing to the Keystone Light drinker. Right. right. And
2: right. Right. and well, you might try to appeal to their palate and convert them to to more of a tasty beer, but if if they're hell bent on paying 4.99 for a six right. pack of beer, that that's great. Go mm-hmm. for it. There's plenty of products out there that yeah, you can uh, that satis- are specifically designed for that. For that, yeah. Uh, so craft beer, um, you know, it is given economies of scale and all that sort of wonderful stuff. Uh, it will naturally be priced higher. Uh, you know, I applaud founders for what they've done. So they've, it appears to me, in my humble opinion, that they've uh, they've reached out to try maybe to try and influence that five six dollar uh, price bracket mm-hmm. and convert some of those. Uh, those consumers to to a more favorable product good for them and that i think that helps craft brewing actually. yeah it, it it's a perfect price point honestly if if
3: i mean that's what you see things at sale prices for at right. your specs at mm-hmm. your right. heb mm-hmm. so if that's where you're at and you're hitting your margin where you want to be great it's good for them and good. they
1: did it i think with the right product too because the solid gold lager and ian and you've tried it i haven't mm-hmm. tried it yet but I have I have faith in founders for quality because I've liked everything they've done. But they also made a it's a smart decision not only because I'm sure they can produce this particular style a little bit less expensive, right.
0: But also it would because, be very difficult to produce their breakfast style at right. that uh, price and, point, I'm sure. And, and I'm
1: uh, right, exactly. At no six ninety nine <laughs> KBS, no, right? But but, uh, but I'm also uh, I'm also thinking that if you're a Miller Lite or Bud Light drinker and you see this In the store you're like well I'll try that And I mean y- it's an easier Jump than say if they put the Dirty Bastard You could say I've been living and the and high right? life
0: But now I'm going for gold <laughs> Why am I not in marketing oh, oh, why why are you, like, <laughs> you, you were the man <laughs> you And why were, do I keep picking on Miller I mean
1: Because they're the champagne Of beers <laughs> and well, that's, you know, When you are that You're uh, you open yourself up for some uh, for some critique, uh, gentlemen. What are we tasting here? This is another growler that you've uh, brought out here.
3: This is our recently revamped IPA called Box Kick.
1: Okay, so tell me first of all, what did you revamp and why?
2: Okay, so here we it's it, it's it's a malt forward IPA which is great. It used to be brewed with. Uh, uh, solely Vic Secret hop, which is a, a good, great Australian hop. Mm-hmm. But you have to be careful with Vic Secret. It's It's got to be done in balance. And it was it was a great beer. I liked it. Uh, but I think for the market, we just uh, softened it a little bit. We put a bit of Galaxy and a few others in there for, for good measure. And it's rounded it out a little it's bit. It's
1: very drinkable. I, I, you know, Ian, you and I talk about this with IPAs all the time, that you want that hoppiness, but sometimes you cross that Line to where you're, you know, chewing on a pine cone. And it's not an enjoyable drinking experience. It's more like, that's interesting from a flavor standpoint. But after I'm finished with this, I'm going to order something else. Right. You know? And this one, this one has that, uh, that session ability because of the balance i think
0: there are many ipas out there that i think are fine for half a glass mm-hmm. you know and what happens is when the hops are way too big and and just not balanced like you said i love the balance um when the hops are way too big and it's not balanced then about half a glass in, i'm just i'm done i feel right. like i've been chewing on a pine cone and i'm over this right here has that malt forward profile which i love um i absolutely love ipas that have that malt when did this get revamped Oh, gosh. Uh,
2: Six weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, so when I was there maybe several months ago, I I probably had it before the revamp. Because this, Mm. I want to say I don't have the best memory in the world, Mm. but I want to say... this tastes a little different than what I would have ordered when I was there.
2: Correct. Now you know we're not about changing up beers all the time. Consistency is very important, mm-hmm. uh, certainly in our industry. But this, this was is, a calculated this step. This was a calculated step. We we tried the Vic Secret hop. It is, it is a, an incredible hop. It truly is. Um, but it, it, you just got to be careful with it and make sure it's used uh, in the right balance. We're very happy with the, the with Box Kick IPA uh, version one. Otherwise, it wouldn't wouldn't have made it onto the tap wall. Uh, but we thought you know for our demographic. Uh, the feedback we're getting, you know, let's just tweak it and balance it out a little bit with a few of the, these other great hops, Galaxy and a few of the others. It
1: has to be a, a little bit of an intimidating thing to do. Like, you've got an IPA, it's working pretty well, you're getting some feedback that maybe if you tweaked it a little bit and, you know, took it a little bit of direction, might be even better. But, man, that's got to be like, uh, when, do, when do you, like, pull yeah. the plug? I think that's really the way that a lot of new IPAs are born is breweries, instead of changing make a what test they, have. Batch. they make a test batch and they call it something else and yeah. put it out uh, cuz there's there's a couple of companies uh that have several beers in their lineup that taste Real similar, very, very similar yeah. to each other with just the tiniest bit of difference, and you know that doesn't mean that both of those lines aren't successful. But, um, but this is this was an interesting decision, I think, for you
2: guys. Yeah, no, thank you, and it's it's not one that's taken lightly. Yeah, uh, and we've seen the uh, the market's been really responsive to it. It's 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 moving, yeah. and the the. the Allocation that I was allowed to sell outside of the brewery was <laughs> cool. gone within a week.
1: And so, talk to me a little bit about that. Obviously, you're not uh, you're not available yet in cans and
3: bottles, but you have uh, growlers that are available some places. So, or we, how, how does it work? Is it all kegs? So oh. we sell kegs. I will. I sell kegs anywhere that wants them. Okay. Um, we have over 120 accounts that me and the other sales rep Jason manage together. And, and uh, by the way, one of the most amazing tap handles ever. <laughs> we have very so. One of the things that really turned me on to Platypus was the logo and the tap handle. Yeah. At my former employer, I would always say, "Man, that 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 Platypus—they got a handsome logo." <laughs> and they'd always bring something up and be like, "Hey, who's who's got some good beers around town?" I'll be like, "Well, this one brewery with a real handsome logo." <laughs> and it got to the point where they're like, "If you say Platypus one more time, I'm going to ask you to leave." <laughs> there
2: you go. Yeah, uh, so but yeah, we're in we're in kegs around town. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred and twenty plus plus accounts. Uh, we are we have plans for packaging, of course. Yes. So we're going through those motions right now.
1: And uh, I, I won't ask you to reveal anything you're not ready to reveal. But what do you think your timeline might be? When might people be able to find Platypus in the stores? Uh,
2: yeah, it's a, it's a difficult. Question to answer purely because there's a number of hurdles that are outside mm-hmm. your control. So mm-hmm. you've got some regulatory hurdles, which which are not that huge, but it just it's a time factor. It's right? time consuming. So yeah.
1: you guys did something. I think it's it's all the rage right now. The trend of starting a new brewery. Uh, is to do it the way that you guys did it, which is to start it as a a, a location, a destination, food, um, maybe some you know interesting promotions and activities going on there at cigar the cigar friendly patio, cigar friendly patio, exactly. Uh, to do it all that way, and uh, and then worry about packaging and going to retail when the time comes. You guys, I think we're a little ahead of the curve on on doing it that way now that's almost the you know, golden rule of starting uh, a brewery is you do it that
2: way first, right? Well, look, I think you're right. I think this comes back to our initial business structure and vision between my wife and I. We always wanted to have a destination. Mm-hmm. We came into Houston. Mm-hmm. We, you know, never for a second did we – you never want to pioneer this stuff. You never want to be the first first person out front on these mm-hmm. things. You mm-hmm. always want to be a follower. <laughs> it, it's great to lead certain things, but business models in, in new cities, no. Uh, look, we we wine was a, a key part of our, uh, uh, our structure as well. So we wanted somewhere we can actually drink good good wine. We we have good Aussie wine at the brewery. Well, as we know, our wonderful little quirky laws in this uh, in this. State and country, <laughs> it, it's there's a myriad of laws, and you've just got to navigate through. Now, if I wanted wine, which was a core part of my original plan, then I had to be a brew pub, and therefore the food component. So it all gelled together for right.
1: me. Be a brew pub instead of just a brewery, correct?
2: Yes. Yeah. And to me, it was two things. Number one's the econ- sheer economics um, mm-hmm. is you know your Martin, the amount of volume you need to send into the market to to, to keep your head above water versus have a destination where people can enjoy it um so there's an economics factor there as well but for us it was really just our, a vision of what we wanted to create what we wanted to platypus to represent and think, it was always part of our key strategy I, to start and then go
1: yes i think one of the reasons that it works is because you don't overextend yourself uh right off the bat the amount of money that it takes to gear up to try to even make a dent in the Whole shelf space war mm-hmm. at retail is, or not to mention the uh, the tap handle war in in bars. That's a that requires a significant financial commitment. You can sort of begin the groundswell by just being a really cool destination and a really cool location that brews uh, great beer. So I think that's the reason that it's catching on, and I think we're seeing a trend now of more breweries. But smaller breweries, right, and so I think it'll be interesting to see how many of the smaller guys can make that jump that you're looking at, which is to to say i want to be I want our fans to be able to find us in stores and and uh, on taps uh, around the city, obviously you're already making a dent in the taps, but uh,
2: yeah, but back to your question before about timing. Uh, look, uh, regulatory constraints aside, and various, you know, we'll, we'll try going as fast as we can in terms of graphic design, getting cans put together. So, you know, we're, we're sitting basically. It's the beginning of September of of twenty eighteen. Don't mark my words but we're going to try and try and try yeah. for the back end of 2018 <laughs> okay. to, to have a couple of the the, well, that'd be awesome the platypus nice. juice on the on yeah. the, on the That's, show. That, just that would be time awesome.
3: for OND, October November December Yeah, there you go. go. Spoken like
2: a guy so, that understands the retail environment. Yeah. <laughs> it is certainly my priority is is part of my job. I just uh, want to
1: say uh, so. I'm I'm the IPA fan on the show and I'm really enjoying this beer. This is this is Thank really you. I would I would put it in my, uh, oh, when are you going to be available in stores category? Yeah. Uh, because this is something I would buy and bring home on a very regular basis. Um, Is it at all intimidating? You know, there's so many, um, I say so many, there's a handful of breweries around the country uh, of craft guys that have just decided we're going to plant our flag on IPA. Uh, and that's what we're going to do: IPAs and pale ales. You know, the stone brewing comes to mind. There's uh, uh, the guys at Ballast Point are kind of IPA centric, and there's a number of others. Is it? intimidating at all for guys like yourself who are you know broader in spectrum to go you guys yeah, have a wide range of right. beers that you brew Yeah, we, yeah. we're going to we're going to put out an IPA and we're going to we try to try to get it to stand tall with those guys
2: no you're absolutely right it's the right question and we do have a wide range of beers for that exact reason we uh you've 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 just got to be smart about it and you know here we are in in Houston we got some some great IPAs that come out of California you know there's the stones mm-hmm. and all the others do you want to hit these guys head on with ipas or uh do you, do you want to have a bit more of a smarter strategy and have a a, a broader product selection but and so we're we're sort of we're working through that and we think we know what we want to do and we don't necessarily want to plant the flag and say platypus ipas um mm. we we're going to make some great product but, so but, but we're going i to appreciate that, broader, that because broader, broader unlike
0: spectrum. him IPAs are not my first go-to. But, and I understand that they're incredibly popular and you have to have one and this is a very good one uh, just due to its balance and the malt up front and everything. But I love the fact that when I walked in there and bought a um, bought a flight, it didn't have six IPAs on it. And they, there are I certain places that. in town no, I'm not I, I, I get pointing it. fingers but there are certain no, places and, in town and that I, have and I six go to IPAs them. on yeah. the <laughs> on the menu. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, and then no, but you're right, Ian. <laughs> uh, the, it, it's the it's the broad spectrum, and I appreciate that too. I mean, IPA might be my go to, but I love going. Okay, I wonder what their stout is like. Yeah, and you I know? don't
0: care if it's middle of summer. I'll have a porter. I'll yeah, have. Yeah. I mean, I love malty beers. Yeah, I make a make a barley wine for me. I love those. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I think in terms of the USA, or certainly in Houston. If you got, got a craft brewery, you need to have a stand-up IPA without mm-hmm. a doubt. Yeah, you I have think to. that's you right. Because
1: if a guy like me comes in and I haven't tried anything, I'm going to try your IPA first. And if it's just kind of okay, eh. I'm not going to be as excited about sure. coming back and trying the rest. But if I go, okay, these guys made made a pretty darn good IPA, you
3: credibility. Well, then I- right, yeah. I'd like to also reiterate: we're totally not anti IPA because we just did a whole our, our summer sip series. Yeah, yeah summer sipping of series of IPAs, different IPAs.
1: Right. I remember seeing some of that when I uh, when I was there actually uh, that you guys had, had we were experimenting with some different yeah. styles of IPA. So would, we did the Houston's Hoppy right.
3: Hooch, mm-hmm. which was our our hazy IPA. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then we did uh, Granddaddy Perp.
2: Granddaddy, we did a peach IPA. Peach IPA, yes, show yes. us your
3: peaches, and then Granddaddy Perp, which is our blackberry double dry hopped IPA. Mm-hmm. Show us your peaches. Show See, us your peaches
1: again. <laughs> again, this would never get through the boardroom at, at you know big business Scrap beer, <laughs> but uh, but it's fun. You know, it, it's part of it's part of the vibe of the, and, and I like that. Will you do something like that with uh, with other styles now? Oh, uh, uh, where you focus on other styles and do a. You know, a number of limited releases well, in that style.
3: We are always coming up with different stuff when we sit around and chat at the yep. end of the day. Look, we've got a cactus juice uh, uh, one coming Hibiscus. out. Hibiscus. Mm. next
2: week. We've got uh, a fig. Uh, we won't tell you the name just now. But, yeah. But we've got a uh, – it's, it's it's similar to a brown ale fig. So that's going to be our Oktoberfest. Yeah. So I'm we're going to do a standard yeah. Oktoberfest beer. We'll do our – the platypus yeah, juice, right. right? So love it. I yeah, and I mean we'll probably
3: bring the rye IPA back. Yeah, the rye will come back. Oh, the Rye IPA, oh, yes, it feels like a right. dry, dry, uh-huh. bitter uh-huh. IPA, yep. then that uh-huh. is.
1: All right, well, uh, guys, we're going to ask you in our next segment to taste some uh, whiskey with us. All right, for sure. And uh, you <laughs> happen to be here on a day when we'll—I have no idea where this is going to go. We could all go home raving about this, or we could, or it could be like when Ian had me try Malort uh, on oh, the show, my. Uh, which, which was you know made for an interesting show but did not make for my new favorite drink. Uh, we uh, we I will be I did surprise trying... him with that. Yep, it's the we'll Chicago be... Spirit, right? Yes, yes. yes. We'll oh, be you... trying the Screwball peanut butter whiskey. I don't know what to expect but we'll try that uh next plus uh you know as promised folks we're going to tell you about the blockbuster beer. I know you guys are going to want to make a road trip <laughs> oh. just to try this. Get up. Uh, I'm sure. It's uh, smoking and
3: toasting and we will
1: be right back. Thank you for listening. <laughs>
2: Oh my
3: God. I have heard just horror <laughs> stories oh, about Malory today. Uh, oh, oh,
2: yes, let's do that. So yes. It's going to be a temporary um,
0: place today.
1: I have a welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. That's a Houston original band, right there. Gulf Coast Soul from the Suffers. The Suffers are so yeah, good. they are really awesome. So, welcome back to the show. Uh, speaking of music, by the way. Uh, And shifting our gears to the whiskey direction for just a moment. Um, I'm just going to have fun saying this. Uh, We've talked about this on the show before, that Metallica is about to release their own whiskey. We find out today that Metallica's new whiskey, which they came about this close to actually naming whiskey in the (laughs) (laughs) jar-o. But they didn't. But they didn't. Uh, Metallica's new whiskey... Will be infused
0: with rock. Of course,
1: they are actually going to, as the barrels uh, age the whiskey, they are actually going to be playing a special playlist of Metallica tunes, including apparently, possibly even some unreleased Metallica music.
0: <laughs> will, will it be back when Metallica Towards rock the barrels? Uh, I uh, you know I I don't I don't know. It turns out there were you know, there were a few <clears throat> albums there that. Uh,
1: Each batch of whiskey is going to be blasted with a specially designed playlist of Metallica's music. Uh, After the whiskeys have been combined uh, in the black brandy casks for finishing, they're jolted back to life by, I'm reading from the press release here, the unmistakable earth-shattering music of Metallica. Uh, Using our proprietary... Sonic Enhancement System
3: (laughs) Somebody put a speaker box on top of the barrel Black Noise Trademark (laughs) That's something out of the the TV show Metalocalypse
1: The, The whiskey is pummeled by sound Causing it to seep deeper into the barrel Where it picks up additional Wood flavor characteristics. I can't make this stuff up. I'm reading it from the press release. Beautiful. You can listen, by the way, to the playlist that emblazoned each batch on both Spotify. And uh, uh, Apple Music. Dave Pickerel former master distiller with Maker's Mark, and the band's partner in this project, and w- he was our guest on uh, the show several yeah. episodes ago. He's now the Whistle Pig guy. Uh-huh. Um, he is uh, known for resting his whiskeys in barrels that have been previously uh, used to make other spirits during the maturation uh, process. For Blackened, he chose Brandy Cast. Blackened is the name of the whiskey, by the way. The it's also the blackened.
0: end. Blackened is the end. Yeah.
1: So, so uh, the result is an added. Apricot note, they say that plays perfectly alongside the honey and caramel tones of the pre-finished spirit. You can pre-order it now, and the first bottles are expected to ship in mid-September. How much is it? Does you have a price uh, over I, there? I don't think it says a price in this um, in this particular. You know, I totally article. have that song "Black" and
0: stuck in my head now, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, that was written, by the way, when Metallica rocked.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can pre-order it now uh, Yeah, there's also a corresponding clothing line That's all it says, it does not tell us uh, about the actual launch date Now, let me change whiskey directions yet again And show the camera
0: And now for something completely different
1: Peanut butter whiskey with a, uh, with a sheep on the front um, It says underneath the sheep there Tomorrow's stories begin right here So that's a pretty good line Uh, It's whiskey with natural flavors and caramel color. And this was given to me by Katie Whiteside, who works uh, here at at our offices. And Katie apparently knew someone in high school who's gone on to become a distiller. And this is his company, and he is launching the peanut butter flavored whiskey. And I'm going to pop the top on it now. And, oh, actually, I may not be popping the top because I may need to still. Pull a little of this uh, stuff away before I can do so that's that. That's a pretty good-looking shape there. I'd say yeah. yeah. be quite attracted to that. Yeah, it really This will sell well in New Zealand, I mean. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say, this is going to be a New Zealand joke coming up. I can feel it. I can just feel it coming up. I'll drink these
2: close to a cliff's edge because I push
1: back harder. Now, while I'm trying to pop the top on this, Look, I will you tell you. Bottle kick your butt. Yeah, I, no, I got it. I got it. Uh, I will tell you that uh, Crowded House is like one of my favorite bands yeah, of all the time. They, so rock, so I have to go a little easy on the New Zealanders <laughs> also, because they brought us. Crowded they gave us Flight of the Conchords, which yes, is hilarious. I love
2: that as well. So, nah, they're not a bad mob. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they were.
0: There we go.
1: Okay, guys, I smell peanut butter. <laughs> 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 I do not know how this is going to go. This is either going to be awesome or terrible. I, I I don't know which, and I will already. You know, uh, uh, pre-apologize to Katie uh, just in case we didn't wind up loving this. But uh, I don't know how it's going to go. I can tell you Thank that you. I'm smelling peanut butter <laughs> it more. Sure like peanut butter. I, I mean, they're, they're not lying. They did. They did what it I. It smells they like peanut butter and do. whiskey. Uh-huh. Yeah, they did what they intended to do. Now, guys, I'm only it pouring. Smells like sweet peanut butter. I'm only it? pouring yeah. a small Very amount sweet. of this because you know. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, there's more if you want it. But I don't want to like uh, overpour. Just <laughs> you know, you don't have to be committed to the whole thing. You yeah, know. this isn't your thing. So, all right, Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. Um, it is. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything else on the um, on the bottle that we need to read. Uh, Here's to a night for the risk takers, just like you. It says on the bottle. Uh, it is produced and bottled by Screwball Spirits in San Marcos, California. And that's uh, about all we know about Screwball mm-hmm. Whiskey, except that okay. it is infused with peanut butter. Ian, y- the look on your face is not unlike my Malort look. So, uh, uh,
0: I, so talk to me. It's, it's. You ever put too many Reese's pieces in your mouth? Oh,
3: sweet, isn't it? I don't it's, think that's possible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're really enjoying this. I,
3: I don't hate it. Now, yeah. So.
0: It is exactly what it says. It is way it is very, sweet for a whiskey, though, is Very it? Yes. peanut buttery, uh, but it is very sweet. It literally, to me, tastes like a Reese's Pieces, um, but better because there's whiskey involved. Mm. So I would probably drink this rather than eat a bunch of Reese's Pieces, but it's, it is, it's, it's in that same space.
1: It almost feels, and I don't think it is, but the sweetness almost makes it feel a bit syrupy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's not
3: very hot, either. Right. There's yeah. There's very little
0: heat. heat. I will tell you, at least on the aftertaste, there's look a look lot of pure. peanut butter, but not as much sweet on the aftertaste. Right. So I agree with that. That's that's kind of a good thing. The sweet is kind of up front, but as it as it fades, it's more peanut butter. I'm enjoying now. all the faces going on over here from Sean. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'm not a huge whiskey drinker per se, but uh, it's drinkable. Uh, it, but it's it's almost to me, it's almost. Closer to a liqueur than it would be yeah, in a whiskey It, it, very well, much it, it does
1: like it. have that Quality to it again it feels a little bit Syrupy and, and yeah I, I wonder
0: though Oh it is 70 proof so it's 35% So it's a little lighter than no,
1: okay. I wonder though I if it. this might be Amazing in certain Cocktails
3: I was just thinking If they barrel it It would be yeah. fun For a barrel stout Oh I bet Right, right. Yeah, It would actually yeah, yeah.
2: To,
1: to be able to infuse Now yeah. we had uh, On the show Was it last week Uh Lakewood Brewing's uh, Peanut Butter Temptress Yeah And I have to say That was good It was good It, it was good I was a bit surprised At how much we liked it
3: you Peanut yeah. Butter beers Are a very uh, hit or miss yeah. uh, Yes absolutely
1: Agreed. Absolutely And I don't I don't want to say that this whiskey is a miss. I think it's really good. I think there's I a think purpose a very, for this, though. Right, it's a very specialized taste that you would want to have. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. I don't think, like, I don't think I could sit down with a cigar and drink this mm. by itself like this. It may be too sweet for a cigar. Yeah. yeah. And And it, it's also possible if you melt some ice in there that some of that sweetness will dilute too. That's a good um, point. Which may make it a little more drinkable on its own. Now, I'm willing to bet, like you guys said, that in a mixer, if you have some peanut butter kind of mi- – I don't know what you'd put in there. This might be a – So what about like might an old-fashioned or something like my that? My wife loves to play with drinks and mix stuff. Like you give her a recipe and she's immediately going to do what she does to it. Mm-hmm. And I bet she could make something really interesting out of this. Whereas whereas me, I'm more of a, you know, pour it in a glass and let's go. See,
1: now we're going to have um, uh, as a special guest on the show the cocktail master uh, in a couple of weeks, from um, Ritual and uh, the Ready Room, uh, Peter. And I wonder what someone like Peter could take
0: this and do. Can with we it. do it like one of those cooking shows where we just reveal this <laughs> and like and two yeah. eggs like, and a stick of cinnamon and be like, go
1: uh, like Iron Chef? <laughs> yeah, it'd be like it'd be like, uh, it'd be like uh, Iron
0: Iron Cocktail Maker.
1: Um, yeah, but I I. I would imagine he could come up with a drink and call it the the Reese's, mm-hmm. and uh, it would oh, yeah. be amazing. And you'd go, that tastes just like a peanut butter cup, and it's delicious. It might be it interesting, right too, with just to a it.
0: little soda in it or, or, um, or a little bit of uh, uh, maybe tonic to give it a little bit bitter snap on mm-hmm. the end right 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 to temper that sweet i don't know it's it's interesting this is I not say, it's not a bad whiskey i will say and you you're right
1: the sweetness is up front on the finish it's peanut butter not yeah. it doesn't like leave a too sweet taste in your mouth but when you f- take that first sip, you're almost
0: convinced that it's. Well, going I'll just to. I'll tell you if you love Reese's Pieces, mm-hmm. you're gonna love this because mm-hmm. it tastes just like Reese's Pieces. Only it has whiskey, which makes it better than Reese's Pieces.
1: Now, um, in this segment, we're also gonna do a beer tasting, and this I, I, I don't know if, if we have anything as a palate cleanser because I don't know how the how the beer is gonna work after this. Normally whiskey and beer are pretty good together But I just don't know (laughs) Uh, But the guys have got a special release that is coming out Tonight, is that right? Correct. Uh, And so this obviously would only be at Platypus Brewing on Washington As
3: of now, um, it is only going to be Available at the brewery and then Saturday at Brewmasters. Oh, cool.
1: So you guys are part of the Brewmasters thing. Correct. So tell tell us a little bit about this beer, and how long will
3: it be available? So this is our first collaboration we did with Copperhead Brewing uh-huh. in Conroe. Interesting. And it's also their first collaboration. Um, it's a hazy IPA. It is made with citra, azaka, and galaxy hops. Um, it's called Definitely a Collaboration. Nice. (laughs) And um, it's, I think, maybe one of the the best beers that we've made as far as our IPAs of the summer.
2: Yeah, steady there, big fella. uh, (laughs) It's a good draw. It's a good draw. It's a good
3: draw. So
1: how does the collaboration work? Will they release it at their brewery and you release it at the same time? So,
3: As soon as we get um, done with the, the release and everything, I'd
2: say about next week, you will mm-hmm. see it there you will see it around town at bars yeah, mm-hmm. we, we need to get a, a final approval from TABC who are very good on these things they that quick right. turn around but we just need to get that uh, little bit of regulatory thing they just tick tick and tight
1: so. Ma- makes sense um and and do you find that the customer is uh, is this more interesting because it's a collaboration than if you guys had just said we have a great new hazy IPA and and uh, uh, and, and released it uh, uh, with some very cool name
3: I think it gives it a little bit more of a, oh, well, you know, well, we haven't tried their stuff, but we've tried their stuff. Right. So you bring in new people to each brewery. The little people get to learn a little bit more about, um, you know, what everybody has to offer. It's also fun just to get two brewers together and see if they can uh, make it happen instead of tearing each other's heads off.
1: It's kind of like when the singer guest stars on the rapper's album. Yes. And then pretty soon everybody knows who the singer is, and he's bigger than the rapper was.
2: Yeah. yeah there that, you go. That. And the platypus could take down a copperhead any he'd die the week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I told Seth that. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, is, there, is
1: there a sense of friendly
3: competition between you and the uh, other you know, uh, collaborator? I wouldn't say competition. I think we do vastly different things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have a very strong package game, and they make really Belgian style beers. You know, right. you know, he's got a really good quad. He's got a really good uh, Belgian golden. His IPA is totally different from our IPA. You know, they they have a a blonde lager. We've got the Mexican lager. Mm-hmm. But like, really. Everything that they make is very, very different than us.
1: Well, guys, let's give this a try. I'm I'm anxious to uh, to do some sampling here. Uh, I'm a fan of the genre, uh, so it'll be it be interesting to way. see. But yeah, yeah, that's a steel growler, right? Yes,
0: Did You sell those up at the shop?
2: Yeah, we've it was part of our uh, we're, we're transitioning our club, but it was part of that. Um, we're transitioning to a new thing, but we we might have some residuals there that while, we could uh, yeah. pull while, off the back of a truck.
1: While he's pouring, tell me about that because I saw that on your uh, your website that you can become a plate pie, and it's a uh, it's like a I think a yearly uh, uh, commitment. But uh, what do you get for what's What's the idea behind that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we're transitioning over to a mug club, actually. So, oh, nice. Uh, so think of it as the platter um, There you go. Mm-hmm. Jess. Um, so it'll be. Uh, be a mug club, but it'll be basically we do we do events. Uh, we'll have private tastings, mm-hmm. private releases. So this one, for example, would be released to the platter pie prior to anyone else. Mm-hmm. We do really good food pairings with it because we use obviously our uh, chef John in the and the and the kitchen right. Uh, so yes, but uh, watch this space as we as we okay. rewrap this. And, so this uh, and is shoot it so out. this is
1: something you're transitioning to look a little different than absolutely what you've done in the past. Yeah, well, great. I
2: love the crowler. That's great. Yeah, it's a beauty, isn't it?
1: It's really gorgeous. And yeah, just show the, for the camera, just the camera? giving mm-hmm. this. Uh, yep, uh, you can point it right there. Oh, you got it right works? there in yours, yeah. yeah. The, just giving this uh, a little bit of nose. Uh, you know, this is this has just got me written all over it. This yeah. is this is my kind of thing right here.
0: I like. I know the juicy thing is a little bit of a fad right now, but I like a lot of the juicy. Yes, things. I do too. I don't know why. There's something about this, them. The this strikes me. Um, it's like an unfiltered, ridiculous version of an IPA that I kind of like.
1: Yeah, well, it's 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 a little over the top, and that's why it's fun. Yeah, yeah. But it's not over the top hops. Which like an imperial IPA can be, and I I enjoy the flavor of that, but I very seldom want a second one. This
0: has some very serious mouth watering bitterness to mm, it that I enjoy mm-hmm. tremendously. Like you take a sip and you immediately want that next sip because it's like just leaves your mouth
2: watering.
1: And it feels like it it was made with the juices of you know limes and lemons and grapefruits and and uh, you know anything citrus. Yeah, it's it's uh, uh, definitely
2: the whole.
0: Part it's called. also yeah. interesting to see a. Uh, uh, a beer that's how this light in color, how hazy and actually thick it kind of is as well. Yeah, but mm-hmm. One
2: thing it won't have is the yeast particulates that you get in some of the other things that look like basically an orange juice. Right. Uh, this this is uh it's it's definitely a hazy, uh, but it is clear in terms of not having floaties right. as we call it.
3: Mm-hmm. There's no mm-hmm. there's no adjuncts in it. There's no.
0: I know now see, I don't have... really mind the floaties so much. He tends to complain about it
2: uh, Well, I don't
1: mind them as long as I don't chew them. <laughs> that to me, that's the thing. Ian baseball like in there? yeah, Ian Ian brought in a beer uh, once for us to taste on the show that when I tell you it was chewy, that's not an adjective. That's like that's what happened.
3: Uh, I mean, there's some of them <laughs> like that often I, folk yes, so I yes, don't enjoy it all. Yeah. I mean, I've had some hazy beers that. I- they just get poured down the drain they're drain pours mm, mm. but i mean it's it's all about balance right which brings and, us and back this to what strikes
1: what me as wonderfully balanced yes. uh, for a hazy ipa just to the just very, very very yeah the color and the uh, and the sort of the way the light doesn't pass completely through it yep. is uh, is yep. a wonderful thing you definitely
3: yeah. could not read through it no. No. Put it that <laughs> way not mm. so much but i I, mm. I think my favorite part about it is just how soft it is on the palate yes there's just, Wonderful flavor. It's a great word for
0: it, too. I would have never thought Mm -hmm. soft, but it does have that kind of soft, rounded edges kind of Mm -hmm. IPA thing going
1: on. Loving it. Loving it. All right. We're going to try a little more of this, and then the uh, guys have one more uh, for us to try, and then I, I have to. Lay on you the story. of Oh, well, I
0: think that was the last one for them. We got a whiskey. Oh no! Yeah, whiskey. I, uh, okay. Well, we'll uh, the panic we'll, look on his face. No, we'll be
1: back. So. I'm sorry. I thought we were. Uh, I think I thought we had one more, but that's okay. We'll drink more of this, uh, and we will be back to talk blockbuster beer next on Smoking and Toasting Blockbuster Beer. Yeah, this is a good one. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I, I misunderstood. I thought you had one more. oh more. you're up. On
2: it. But
4: we had a couple of shows last night. On the beach in
1: Hawaii. Ah, Ziggy. (laughs) Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is Smoking and Toasting. It is our uh, 103rd show. Can you believe? No one has, no one has stepped in were. to make this stop. Uh, we've been, we've been doing this for 103 episodes. And Seriously, a, what are you people thinking? And 102 of them are available uh, on the internet. So uh, we had, uh, we had a producer who actually nixed one of our episodes because apparently I was too bitter. You, you, and, were, you were very angry. And I'm not saying that I'm bitter about it, but I'm kind of bitter about it. And uh, <laughs> let's just say that producer's no longer with us. So uh, so there you go. All right. So <laughs> if you were going to release a, a new beer, right? And this is something you guys yep. do all the time, right? Yep, that's right. You're going to release a new beer. What better way to brand it and market it and align yourself... Than with the name of a failed retail establishment That was hip in the 80s and 90s But these days, eh, not so much Um, That's exactly what's happening Because the last blockbuster in America And doesn't that sound like a movie itself? (laughs) The The last last blockbuster blockbuster. (laughs) Uh, The last blockbuster in America is in Bend, Oregon Mm -hmm. Oh, And uh, unless you live there, chances are You'll never visit a blockbuster again, ever But it's a small town, and it's the last remaining location of the video rental chain in the country. And guess what? They are releasing a blockbuster-themed beer. They're doing it in um, conjunction with Ten Barrel uh, Brewing Company. So it's a crap. I think is Ten Barrel. I believe Ten Barrel is one of the ones that Anheuser Busch bought. I believe it was one of the ones that they acquired in their in their great uh, uh, acquisition. But but still a very good brewery. Uh, but they've collaborated with the store to create The last Blockbuster A black ale that they're saying Pairs perfectly with buttery theater popcorn And your favorite movie-sized chocolate It's a limited edi- edition brew with light body, smooth finish And hints of nostalgia And it's going to be available at all 6 10-barrel pub locations Across the West uh, Two of which are right there in Blockbuster's backyard But again, only at one blockbuster because that's all that's left
0: I, I, I can't even imagine like and if, if you're in the north and you don't uh, uh, bring your bottles back within the deposit period they start charging you per day yeah. <laughs> it's yeah I don't know why that's hilarious to me but it's like I can't tell you how many dollars I've spent at Blockbuster just because like I'm lazy about bringing back I used to live That's what kept Blockbuster afloat for as long as I used it to did. live 2 blocks from a Blockbuster and still couldn't get them back on time. <laughs> I had to walk my dog by it every day and still couldn't get the darn <laughs> <laughs> thing back. In time. You know, block,
1: naming your uh, your beer after Blockbuster. Doesn't it feel sort of like, "Hey, don't worry, we got a celebrity spokesperson for our beer, Cindy Lopper." <laughs> Is going to be our, you know, right? Like, somebody that was, like, really, really hot for, like,
0: Five A minutes. Minute. Yeah. You know
1: what? Though oddly enough, she writes
0: great songs. Well,
1: uh, you know, th- honestly, it's unfair to her. I'm picking on her because I'm tired of seeing her on that uh, 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 drug commercial Scabies that she does. Or something, yeah, right? yeah. It, it, it's uh, and Scabies, and I feel no? I feel bad for her, and I'm glad she got the uh, the drug and it's working. But uh, I'm just tired of the commercial. Oh, uh,
0: right. I hadn't seen. I don't watch TV, uh, so yeah, that's right. Yeah. I don't know. Uh,
1: I forget Ian doesn't watch, uh, watch. I literally will TV. boggle your
0: brain how much I don't watch TV, dude.
1: Better call Saul, I uh, just just get on board now. It's just that good. <laughs> it's just that good uh, but no I I, uh, I, w- I was just saying the the whole blockbuster thing I mean it really makes me laugh. I mean it was a part of the fabric of life for so many years. And then it just wasn't like it was the one-two punch of uh, Netflix mm-hmm. and Redbox. Yeah, you know, w- was what really did Blockbuster in uh, the fact that you could uh, find a Redbox. Like uh, Ian probably could have got his movies back if they'd been at Redbox because yeah. it was so cool. You, I'm surprised one,
0: Redbox is still around too. Like who actually goes one, out and
1: rents movies? And doesn't probably just be one stream in your them. backyard. Oh, those
0: little vending machines. Yeah, there's a oh, there's yeah, a oh, oh. I know there's like right outside too. the Walgreens by my house. Yeah. There's, okay. Like two different machines that are the same thing.
1: You know, it may they may be almost more fueled by video game rentals now. I've seen that they do uh, have video and,
0: game uh, rentals, uh, yeah. so there's probably yeah. that. I can see that being a market because you run a video game and then you beat it. Yeah,
1: But it's such a turnkey operation yeah. too. That, yeah, like, right, right. They have no employees in you know yep. sitting there waiting for you. Nobody going. Nobody whose job it is to rewind. Remember. <laughs>
0: Be kind. Rewind. Yeah. And
1: there was always somebody at sure. the blockbuster that their job was to stick those in the rapid rewinder.
3: Yeah, they had machines for that, and, and they a, charged you for a, it. Really, yeah, a fee yeah. if you didn't. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The, uh, so anyway, blockbuster beer. I, I would love to try it just because I'd love to be able to say I tried it. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's that. Uh, there's that. But uh, it'll be interesting to see which lasts longer on the market: the beer or the final outlet of Blockbuster. <laughs> it is yeah. interesting where it's like how do you of the final
2: bit Oregon. Outlet Bend, Bend, Oregon.
1: Bend, Oregon. And,
2: and, isn't that retirement city of the of I, US now?
1: I I think it is, yeah. I think ah. it's I, I think it's a uh and maybe that's why the is yeah. still relevant because I never figured that's, out those that's darn That's the way DVRs. we always done it. Yeah. Uh, you got you got to <laughs> wonder, though, like, if you're the last blockbuster, like, nobody's sending you new point-of-purchase material. Nobody's sending you your automatic shipment of the new, you know, DVDs. Like, you're having to do all that yourself. Walking into a time machine. Yes, right? yes. Yeah, right? Absolutely amazing. Well, uh, Ian, you have uh, – uh, before we were uh, talking about trying the uh, – uh, the Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. You had brought along uh, a little bit of Booker's that you're sharing with us now since we have uh, one more segment. I'm sharing
0: uh, We're going to finish this bottle today, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I didn't bring much of it. Uh, this yeah. Booker's is so good.
1: Yeah. Now, this is a favorite of yours from your uh, bar at home, correct?
0: Yes. And uh, actually, this particular bottle has a funny <laughs> – because this is a um, – uh, 2015 bottle So it has a little bit of a funny history This was given to me by my brother-in-law As a gift uh, And quite a nice gift it is mm-hmm. um, And then I lost the bottle for a year How do you lose a bottle of whiskey? Well that's a good question I totally lost it and my wife I was like I swear did you drink the rest of the bookers And she's like no I, said, I swear I had a whole bottle of bookers somewhere And I looked and I looked and I never could find it It's like how do you lose a bottle of whiskey right So at one point in time I had stuck it in a uh, gym bag, and I remembered this because I was going to Austin to hang out with some friends, I was like, I'm bringing some good whiskey. Stuck it in the gym bag, totally forgot about it. Didn't look at that gym bag for a year. I opened it up, and well, so I've actually used the gym bag, but I didn't open up that one end of it um, uh, for like a year. And I opened it up one day, I was like, I started laughing. <laughs> I was like, there's my bottle of boogers. So, so it's been aging as well in a gym bag. In a gym bag. Well, can, can I just <laughs> offer you this
1: one uh, suggestion? What's that? That story would be so much better if it included the phrase, so I'm at the gym.
0: <laughs> 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 right. Thanks. Well, so it, this gym bag's gone with me a bunch of places because it's actually yeah. the one I put my bicycle stuff in when I go ride okay, my bicycle. Right, right. I just hadn't opened that end of it because that end of it usually holds like my night riding lights and stuff like that, which I just hadn't done in a while. So it was funny that it just showed up one day like that. I was like, "There's that bottle." Can you imagine though? You're waiting in line for the flying
1: peck <laughs> machine or whatever that thing is, where you do the uh, the uh, and, and, and you here's my you bottle of whiskey, my bottle of boogers, got my towel and my bottle of bookers. Got got bottle
0: of bookers. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this is fantastic. Like you probably it's don't need me to tell you, it's, this is fantastic it's Really, it is also sixty three, almost sixty four percent. So okay. it's pretty big. But what's funny about that? As big as that is. It still doesn't burn you up. No, I mean it's, it's definitely so got
1: more burn than the screwball peanut butter whiskey. Yeah, definitely, but, uh, uh, but it's not. It's not and, like over the top. And it's
0: got the cinnamon it, and, and some, some maltiness That's wonderful. And the malts, yeah. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and some chocolateiness on the finish. Like in the retro mm-hmm. hail After everything, it's this is a delightful and wonderful thing. And I'm glad I could finish this bottle with you guys. Because- well, this has
1: been this has been a really fun show because it's been it's been kind of a looser show, and I really like that. Uh, we've just been talking beer and uh, talking. Uh, you know the world's strangest animal And uh, and talking about One of the more I think creative um, uh, Breweries at least Ian In our area um, I, I really feel like Platypus has got A really really interesting And great thing going on Because it, it is just a I'm trying to find the right way To describe this When you go in and you look at their lineup of beers Yes they have The bases covered But no it's not just your sort of typical guy walks into a brew pub does that does that make sense you you understand what i'm saying here Uh, the fact that you've got the the uh the mexican uh beer for example is is a is a perfect example of that and that such care was taken with how you crafted that so that it's so that it's interesting it's not just okay it fills that spot on our roster you know what i mean
2: Uh, absolutely
1: so uh so i enjoy you guys and and you do have as Ian and I discovered, uh, a great patio to sit out yeah. on and smoke cigars. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and and the food is terrific. And uh, I just want to thank you guys for coming in today and bringing such great beers. Um, Thanks, Chris. I so really
2: uh, how how often, being here.
1: yeah how often will you change your lineup or release something new? Say in the coming year.
2: So we 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 have a core cool lineup that uh, we'll, we'll maintain throughout the year. Uh, mm-hmm. We try to do one. So an average one and a half releases a month. So one to two releases a month.
1: Okay. Yeah. And how long do most of those stay around? Not very Not long. Not very long. <laughs> Not very long. And so. is that
3: because you produce just limited quantity and they go? Well, we, we like it? to share it with the city, so we give it to a lot of our clients that mm-hmm. are you know, buying all of our stuff. It goes um, pretty quick. But,
2: I mean, if you look at the Granddaddy Perp, we, we were given uh, an experimental hop that only less than five breweries in the entire uh, U.S we're able to get this hop.
1: So, um, how, so how do you do something like that? Yeah, like, it's,
2: it's called Kerry Embertson, our head brewer. She's, oh, got, really? so she's
1: got the representative She's got the reputation to be able to Yeah, absolutely. And, off. and we
2: did the one 10-barrel, uh, just flew straight out the door, and thankfully we are able to get our hands on some more, and we're doing another 20 barrels. So it was for ones well that go, we, we can redo them. But I was so, going to
1: say, yeah. what, does, what does one of these limited releases have to do to make you go, you know what, we need to make this available again or more often or all the time just
3: feedback how fast we sell it if he can sell
2: it in one or two days he says you have any more Said no. um Mm -hmm. then that tells us tells you to uh, go
1: back to the drawing board make some more more. well Mm -hmm. as as a fan like because i've always wondered that like as a fan you know, you go someplace, you try something on tap. Yeah. You know it's a limited re- release. You're like, oh my god, I love this! Right. How do you then you get, get it the brewery to talk talked into uh, how? Do, or
2: how do you at least let them know yeah. that you want them yeah. to keep making this? You we know? always have higher volume at the brewery, of course, it makes sure. sense. So mm-hmm. um, and
3: you can squirrel away crowlers and keep them for a couple months. Yeah, so, absolutely, mm-hmm.
2: absolutely. So if, if you're looking for our new releases and it's come to the brewery, that's the best place. You'll be yeah. sure to get it.
1: And obviously, we can come there and pick up whatever we need in terms of crowlers and and, uh, and uh, you guys have got them on on site. We don't have to bring empty ones
3: and all if that stuff. You right? can, but we do sell them there. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, we, we do have... crowlers, growlers. You can take beer to go, take it home. Uh, that's the wonderful, uh, the wonderful so if I, dynamic we If have. I
1: come get some of this hazy IPA, uh-huh. how long is that good in my house?
3: In your house, look, it is a super dry hopped beer. I say they're usually best drank almost immediately. Because, because, yeah, this is so fresh too. That's why so good. Is
1: so fresh? But this style of beer doesn't
3: age well. No, so. no I'd, would, I'd say drink it within a week, two weeks. Okay. That's what I thought.
2: If you've got a growler, challenge you, If you, yeah, exactly. If, <laughs> if you've got a growler, you want it within a week. If you put it in a, a can of crowler, you can mm-hmm. probably store it. A can for a high hopped beer is typically two months. Mm. Uh, if you do a standard lager or a standard ale, you could probably get three to four months shelf life. Mm-hmm. Uh, pushing that, you start to get oxidization. Yep. You don't want that. Right, so. right,
1: All right, well, guys, we want to thank you very, very much for being uh, on the show with us, uh, with us today. It was a real honor. Uh, I want to let people know that coming up next week... Uh, Trey Boring will be joining us. Trey is with Cigar Rights of America. He is a uh, cigar fanatic and a very funny and awesome guy. He is going to bring us up to speed on the very latest on the cigar legislation, what it means to you if you are a uh, fan of and smoker of cigars, and it'll just be—I can't fun wait to, to meet him them. because I right, was because out last was, time. You were out the last time he was here. Uh, he is awesome, and uh, you know the the joke is his name is Boring, but he's anything but. I mean, <laughs> right. he's, he's a very interesting. Dude and we're looking forward to having him on So that is going to be on next week's show Plus I will be telling you about Well actually I'll be asking you a question Ian are you ready for artificial Whiskey Because artificial whiskey is coming Soylent whiskey, so, well, it's whiskey. Soylent bourbon Is still bourbon <laughs> It's it's whiskey created <laughs> in the lab by, um, by chemists As opposed to they... created By distillers
0: Oh do these chemists take malt and ferment them? Nope. And
1: nope. They they manipulate molecules.
0: I don't. That, that's weird to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. And there's a whole uh, there's a whole movement afoot.
0: Now you're going to have two sections of whiskey. You're going to have organic whiskey. Yes. And non-organic whiskey. It's already
1: bad enough, you know, because you've got the. Uh, you know, you've got the uh, single malt, you've got the blended, you've got the uh, bourbons, you got yeah, yeah. It, it's gonna it's gonna get more and more complicated, trust me. Do you think there'll ever be a retailer that just does like whiskey, like where you go and they don't sell rum or or uh, I don't know, you know, uh, anything else where it's just all about whiskey? I don't know. Be an interesting thing to say. Huh. Um, Probably find it in Scotland. Yeah, yeah. I, right? bet you could. I bet you could <laughs> Although Ireland. although I'd be real surprised If you couldn't get a pint of beer there at, 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 on, on some
0: level But so. that's just a drink while you're selecting your whiskey yeah, that's, exactly that's your right. aperitif that's that's right. that's <laughs>
1: Well uh, again guys uh, Sean and uh, Brandon from uh, Platypus Brewing Thank you guys so much for being well, on the for show it. Thanks for, thanks having for bringing the beer It was wonderful and I uh, uh, glad we got to drink a little whiskey with you. Uh, the peanut butter as well as the the Booker's, I enjoyed them both on on completely different levels. Uh, I appreciate it. We want to thank you for being on the show. We did run out of time for sampling the Mumford and Sons IPA. We'll have to get to that next week, uh, but we'll see you then. And in the meantime, uh, gentlemen, and to all of our friends listening and watching across the world, cheers! Cheers. Ohio.
0: Interesting note. I don't think I like what the whiskey does to the IPA. Yeah, but I like what the IPA does to the whiskey.
4: whiskey.
0: <laughs> like as weird as that. Means.